This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In manufacturing, you need to automate intelligently to compete effectively. But not all automation solutions are created equally. AGVs and AMRs driven by Bluebotics Ant technology offer robust, accurate performance and native interoperability. Because your material handling can be smarter. Visit antdriven.com. That's antdriven.com to learn more. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Vic. You're listening to another episode here on the Mindful Experiment as each week we have someone to dive deep in an interview to help us raise our consciousness levels to help us lead to a more fulfilled and soul-filled life. Today's guest, Nakata Brown, I really enjoyed this conversation with him as we went deep into a variety of different topics about the importance of men finding their life's purpose, uh, why men are struggling with modern women today, why men need to heal from the traumas. We ended up, we, he, he takes us back to some history and, and, and some deep wisdom um, we, as we go into why every man needs to have a rite of passage into manhood and so much more, whether you're a man or a woman, you're going to find a lot of value in this episode as much as I know I did having this conversation with Nik- Nakata Brown. And so a little about Nakata before we get into the interview, uh, when former photographer and wellness coach Nakata wrote hard on break in 2016, he was amongst the first authors advocating for modern men to actually take a complete break from relationships to focus on becoming better men before dating again. Nakata contends that most men are failing at relationships because they don't know themselves nor this their life's true purpose and exert too much energy into being validated by women. He suggests that a man fully submerge themselves into the process of healing from his traumas and self-discovery to first find and then begin following his life's purpose. Nakata's teachings are especially crucial for men who grew up with their fa- without their fathers or a father figure. After his own life-altering experiences and dysfunctional relationships that led to the writing of his book, Nakata has been speaking with and working with thousands of men since 2016 and has a unique vantage point on the state of men's work, the online manosphere, leveling up, and all ins and out of what modern men call masculinity today. 
All right, folks, sit back and relax. I know you're going to enjoy this one just as much as I did. Here is Nakata Brown. Nakata, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Victor. I'm excited to have you on, man. I think what you're talking about, what you're doing uh, is very vital for men. I love your message. I love the your book, what it's about, and, and, and just so much more. So before we get into all that good stuff, um, would you love to, I would love to hear um, just, you know, your story. Why did you get into this? What, what's the, what's your journey that led you to do what you do today? Oh, man, it, it's, it's really one of those things where it's like the GPS tells you to go in this direction and you were going there and all of a sudden something else pops up and you're in a whole different place wondering what the hell am I doing here? And then almost like, hey, this is where I actually should be you know, versus where I was going. So it felt like that because I was a health coach, wellness um, practitioner, you know, it was a brand ambassador for a lot of plant-based companies, supplement companies. And in my community, I was doing a lot of um, urban farming. So my nonprofit organization built um, community gardens in schools in Fort Lauderdale. And I had two nonprofits and we had a, a dem- an urban demonstrational farm. So at the time, you know, people just looked at me as this vegan, plant-based health coach, farmer, um, hydroponics, because our farm was partially hydroponics. So that was where I was. But, you know, while that was happening, I was making a mess out of my personal life, just to be honest. And, you know, it takes a lot really to to admit that that you were the problem. And I certainly was, but not because I was intentionally being a problem, but because, you know, society as it is, it has a particular stream of messages that it that it gives to young men. And if you're tall, dark and handsome, good looking, rich, fortunate, blah, 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 popular, high status, there's certain brackets of um, experiences, so to speak, that that are pretty much going to happen to you. So being um, this entrepreneur, I was a photographer as well. Um, I was a professional photographer at studios and whatnot, but I was transitioning out of that and into more the nonprofit sector, working with people, health coaching, and those different type of things. And you know, as I transitioned, I, I was in that state of, oh, what what am I going to do with my life? And I I found it, but I still wasn't concrete. So during that time, of course, I was having illicit relationships with women and really just enjoying myself, being a little reckless. And I ended up having children and, of course, love my children, just like anyone would say. But, you know, the way you bring things into this world matters. And, you know, it, it, you know, no, no drop in, in the water is not going to uh, is, is going to be without a, a ripple effect, so to speak. So, you know, I was, I had children, well, in two children in two years with two different women. And that, that was, to me, became something that was a lot more traumatizing, for lack of a better word. But, you know, it's really about learning what you need to learn from those experiences. And it had me in a, in a sunken place, so to speak, You're just really trying to figure out my life in relation to 
the 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 to the children and the women and the responsibilities and the various other things that come with being a father that come with being a productive man you know these stereotypes that we already have about what we're supposed to be doing who we're supposed to be who depends on us and who doesn't various other things so you know at 27 28 29 years old as all of this is happening you know i thought i knew better i thought it was good here i am somebody who's had six figure businesses traveled the world what the hell am i doing you know so you know as this was happening i was actually in the process of writing a book that was literally Found, um, around based around gardening and wellness and health and you know my life just started to take these hits on a personal level with my relationships um, because I I didn't do things correctly initially and I really didn't understand that there'll be such a ripple effect because you know when you're young and you think you know something you do something from uh from a now kind of perspective without really understanding how these things affect you. Now, of course, I don't do that anymore. But, you know, the, these epiphanies that I that I had from, let's say, around 2015 to 2016, as these relationships fell apart, as things got a little toxic, as you realize that, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, this bad choice, you know, someone's life is going to be affected by it if we don't fix it, if I don't find healing, if she doesn't find healing, if we don't find a middle ground and various other things. And, you know, when my time alone, I just really was just really me. I literally considered I wrote my book with my children, you know, and it was just me trying to figure out what brought me to this point and, you know, really looking at my life from a perspective is who am I really becoming and what am I going to be doing? Because um, number one, one of the things that I'm lacking that I'm needing the most is someone who's truly supportive of who I am becoming rather than somebody who is just telling me to go get this money and do this and do that and provide for me, do for me, do for me. And it can be like that as a man. And I think there's definitely a part of it that, you know, people are going to depend on you. People are going to, you, the women in your life are going to need things from you, your friends and family, so forth. This That's the part about part of being a man, of course. But, you know, what becomes very difficult that I'm sure many men listening to this have been through is when those people who, who, who need for you to play a particular role are not fully supportive of who you are or who you're becoming. And it really casts a lot of doubt upon whether you should be doing what you desire to do or not, simply because others perhaps do not agree with it or do not support it, or perhaps you made some, you know, immature mistakes like most of us did and now you're living with someone or you're left with someone who's who's you know definitely decided that they're going to be an enemy of yours until and so like you know when you're yearning for this support when you're yearning for a, a, a level of love or a level of cooperation not just with the women in your life or your your, your wife your girlfriend or you know what or what have you but also your mother your aunts your your sister and all these other people around you you want their support as a man and it's and we we crave this on on so many different levels and i know that at the time i just wasn't getting it so you know writing the book was very very therapeutic for me because i got a chance to realize that whether i like it or not 
some people are just going to say, shut up and go to work, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, they're going to have these stereotypes and there's not, and everyone is not in your life is not going to listen to you the way you want to be listened to support you the way you want to su- be supported. But nonetheless, you have to have something within yourself that, that decides that, Hey, I'm going to go and get this done anyways. And so I believe, believe that that was really the beginning of a process for me to understand that, okay, I understand that I I have certain needs that weren't being met, but I also understand that, you know, based on the the culture, based on the programming that I've received ever since a boy, and of course, my dad did a great job instilling certain things in me, but the culture of sexual validation, of, um, you know, serial monogamy and the various other things that that has been taught to us through media like it 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 has a place in your subconscious and in you actually operate of these pretenses more often than you think so i did certain things that's contrary to even my upbringing and there were naturally going to be um some effects from from operating as such and you know my ability to really identify where i went wrong at least for me was important and the book was really about me understanding these things that what i did so to speak and and not necessarily that you know, I'm angry at everyone else or, or what have you, but, but I'm really more concerned about um, really uh, manifesting or change, making the changes that are necessary in my life. So that way that I can get to where I want to be. So the book would served as a conduit for that process for me, definitely. And, um, you know, even at that time, certain things, my children were still like one, two, three years, four years old or what have you. So it was like, you know, it wasn't over. It was literally only the beginning of a lifelong relationship. So like, you know, we're still going through things. We're still going through ups and downs. We're still, you know, dealing with things that aren't healed. So there was, there was just so much that created that, but yeah, man, I was, I was definitely at one stage in my life and literally just hopped over to another with this book. And, you know, everything's changed ever since then, for sure. But, um, you know, that's really the story of how the book Hard on Break came into uh, formation. I love that, man. What a story. What a journey. Uh, So much to to dissect into this and and, and, and look deeper in. But uh, it's you brought up something I thought is and I can relate 100 percent. And there's probably millions of men that probably can do the same thing when you talk about having that support having that person with you who can support you. I, I talk about this very openly and on the podcast and, and, and even in interviews uh, about my wife and how just having that, that, that other person who can just support you for you and who you are, your dreams Man. and what you want. Um, it is, it, it's better than any, any dollar amount you can possibly give, give me. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that when I heard you saying that, I was like, yep, I've, I've, I could totally relate to where he is on that and so much more. It's major. And I, I didn't have it. I yearned for it, but I didn't have it at the time, you know? So yeah, man, like, you know, any man who has a wife or anyone in his life who, who's truly supportive of who he is and who he's becoming, you know, on a real authentic level, which of course brings, you know, you to the point of really being able to find that authenticity within yourself or having people who can see it in you. Because many times as young men, you know, in your twenties or even thirties, like you're, you're being someone that the world told you to be. So therefore there's not, you know, maybe you're making money and maybe you're 
have a substatus or a few other things, but you're not authentically yourself and there are going to be repercussions for not being yourself. So not being yourself is really going to um, be a problem in your relationships because they don't know who you are and how to support you and what you need because you're not really authentic to yourself. So, you know, that it's important. And, and, I, and I, and I, I pray that all men get that, even though I guess not everyone is going to say that they need it, you know, but I believe we need that, uh, that supportive um, energy from the feminine. We really, really do. Even with just the work I do, from a mindset, energetic standpoint, and all that good stuff. It's, it's one of those things where if you don't have a partner that supports you, um, you have to work double time with your energy to create the life that you desire. Because nice. you're going to have someone who's draining it, and then you have to replenish yourself and then still put extra energy out there to go ahead and create that life. And it just becomes Man, harder. That's so and, true. Right? That's so true. And, and it taxes you. you. This is where you get burnout and exhaustion and all these other things uh, and so much more. There's a question I love to ask you that I have asked men and people who do some different, I want to say similar, just work with men in different ways about manhood. In traditions, in different cultures, they, when a, a man becomes, or a boy becomes a certain age, the men of the tribe will take them out and, and teach them what it is to be a man. Why? I mean, we don't do that in Amer Americans. I, I know I'm, a, I'm Italian descent and uh, first generation, and I we don't have anything like that. You know, there's no like right, of passage, right? Right. A rites of passage. You know, hey, you're at this age. All right, fine. You're coming with us and we're going to show you what it is to be a man. Um, why is that critical? Why do why should all men and I'm a firm believer in this? Why do why should all men go through a rite of passage? Uh, man, it's this is. As you, as you can say, and for your own self, like you know that other cultures have done it. We all know that in indigenous cultures all across the world, this was a standard, not just for men though, but for women. Now me personally, you know, after, you know, watching different movies and various versions of rites of passages being enacted in front of us, which of course Hollywood knows how to tell stories and, and spin, you know, make it seem one way. But me personally, I think relationships and purpose are, are, are the two critical components in your life that your rites of passage prepares you for. And, you know, if you think about it, like you just said, whether it's somewhere in Africa or South America or anywhere, a boy's going to be taken at a certain age away from the women in his family. These rites of passages, you know, let's say in some cultures, we're familiar with him having to kill a lion. Just think about it. Like your mother is not going to let you go kill a lion. <laughs> what? Not my baby. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, and this is that's essentially the culture that we live in, a culture where our mothers are in more in 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 charge more than they perhaps have ever been before and they never like this rites of passage shit that men do you know like they <laughs> they're like oh my gosh you're gonna hang him by his feet and throw him off the mountain no so you know these things however they're so important because we as boys we have this symbiotic relationship with our mothers our mothers for the most part you know it, 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 let's 
consider it from an indigenous perspective if you're running around in the fields of you know wherever and uh, you know you, mom, dad is on the field you're with mom and even if mom is working you're with her so you you know like this is the first symbiotic relationship that you have with an, with a human being and i think that in many cases you know and i'm just putting in certain some of my um realizations from studying this material so much is that i think it's it's like it's balance for the boy in in particular it's balance for the boy because you're 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 that attached to your mother for those te- first 10 12 13 14 years before you literally get snatched away from her and learn how to develop a version of yourself that does not include her, does not include her pacifying you, does not include her making you some cookies, does not include her washing your clothes for you, does not include her accommodating you. You get what I'm saying? Because the truth is that the world is not going to do be your mother. And, and so I, I see that aspect or component uh, in the rites of passages to be very, very important. So you split from the women, so to speak, and then you learn with the men how to be or how to answer to the calling of your higher purpose. And that could be for you that you're going to be, you know, in this indigenous perspective, a shaman, or you're going to be a warrior, or you're going to be, uh, you know, the, the one that has no children or more the most children like some you know in divination systems you know spiritual esoteric divination systems all across the world they've used these to determine who you're going to be so they you know the boy the men would understand that this one right here he can be he can kill the most buffalo for us you know what i'm saying so we're going to make sure we take him and develop those things that we see in him already and from his development this purpose of course we have to take it to modern context to to better understand it doctors lawyer job whatever right from this purpose that you've that the community has identified and the men have chosen to put you through rites of passage so that way you can learn how to fear you know to move past the fear of being that or or the fear that comes with anything because that's one of the things that women teach you our mothers will teach you when you're young just like animals in the wilderness they're going to teach you what to fear so that way you can be safe because she's more concerned about that. And so now, now we want to break this mold or this excessive focus on fear. So that way you can learn that you're going to have to push past fear. So you're going to, you know, a part of this trial is for you, us to, for you to jump off this really, really high building for you to realize, oh, snap, uh, I can actually do this. And this might be what is going to take for me to become a warrior, a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever the case is. Push beyond some fear and so that moment or that period of time which most men need to boys need to develop as well as young men need to develop because in quite frankly it can go from you know age 12 to 22 or even to 32 depending on what that kid's purpose is right it some things don't get materialized in four years like college so you know after this process becomes the foundation of who you are, then the relationships flow onto you much easier because your purpose is so defined. So I talk about this a lot in social media and all over the internet and in my book as well too, but 
that this is the basis of your relationships. So quite frankly, most of us in America and the Western world and the world at large, we don't get that. So we don't have a grounded idea of what our purpose is as, as boys and men at an early enough age. And instead what we do is we, we go into the female validation system of looking for another mother to, to feel validated by in the form of relationships. And you really, your brain, you know, skips out on a process that really develops neurological um, uh, stems, so to speak, to the things that are going to help you be successful. In many cases, these relationships are nothing but escape from not having that purpose. And um, I, I, it's it's necessary from so many different way angles, you know. I, and I think that th- those are the main things that it really helps you for. It helps you to define that purpose and then allow for that purpose to to determine the relationships that come to you. And of course, that includes intimate relationships, but it also includes who's going to help you build the tower that you're meant to build you know all kind of relationships for the purpose of serving your life's purpose and playing your role because as men we're always going to have roles that we play that are not necessarily the epitome of your purpose but the goal is to make sure that role aligns with your purpose so that way you can have more harmony and enjoyment and in playing it so it's it's necessary Vic I, I definitely feel as if we, this is something that needs to be in, implemented again and men can do that you can do that in your own family you have the power to do that we don't necessarily have to wait on the culture and society to adapt these things you can do it yourself understanding how important this is not just to your your, your boys but also to your, to your daughters as well I hope you've been enjoying this amazing episode. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. The Side Hustle Show is an award-winning business podcast you can actually apply. Tune in to turn your spare time into extra income streams. Whether you're looking for a little breathing room in your budget or to build a business that lets you escape the nine to five, The Side Hustle Show will be your guide. They dissect dozens of different business models from successful entrepreneurs to find out how they got their first customers, the marketing tactics that are working now, and how their businesses make money. So you can find the ideas and strategies that work for you. Follow the Side Hustle Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast app, or at SideHustleNation.com. You can also find these links in the show notes. All right. Information, you can find out more about this in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. But now let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. I appreciate the elaborate explanation of that. It was very thorough and um, I loved it. I learned a lot in that. Let's say someone's listening to this and saying, okay, well, I'm not going to teach. go take my kid out to kill a lion. Um, (laughs) How can we do it in modern times? You know, honestly, I, I myself have been connecting with others who have ideal ideologies and, and I'm doing some studying, you know, and I, I'm a big practitioner of, you know, esoteric science, metaphysics. So whether that's um, astrology to some, um, Kabbalah or, you know, hermetics, I believe that purpose and um an identity so to speak is embedded within your 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 you when you were born and and it, and and parents are really here to cultivate that higher essence and parents who really do take 
um, that charge and approach to their children can can get better ideas of how to cultivate this better this higher aspect of this child that I have. And, um, and, and, and it'll help determine what processes they need to go through at the appropriate time. So one thing's for sure, like, you know, I, I, I would say that I had an informal rites of passage, but it kind of started young, like at around 11 years old, when I, I went to live with my father. And like, you know, he was very, very clear that you know, one of his things was, this is the army now, you're in the army now. <laughs> and like, you know, it was difficult. It was, it was very, very difficult, almost literally being yanked away from the feminine, you know, like having to be his, you know, handyman. I, I, I used to say slave or whatever, but basically doing everything that this guy's doing for what, for six years, <laughs> you know, doing, <laughs> doing everything that you're told speaking you know like and you know like i don't it's an informal one but you know this is i learned so much from that time i learned so much i wouldn't be the person because i did get some time i did get some i I could at least listen to music while i mowed the grass you know (laughs) so i you know got something out of it or when we're remodeling something or chopping down trees or whatever i had to do because i had to do it with my uncle as well too or my uncle's so whatever they were doing, like it was what I had to do. So, you know, I feel as if there's so many different ways that this can come about, you know, because if you got girls, then you have to consider that from 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 the woman's perspective, even though you'll be involved as a man. But, you know, they're going to have their own separated kind of thing. So it's it's, it's very interesting. I, I, I can't say definitively that I have the answers, but I do have some ideas of what I would do based you know, doing the deep work to understand who my child is becoming first and foremost. Oh, I love that, man. That is, that's, and it's funny how you bring up stuff about physical labor and stuff like that. That's how it was for me up in my upbringing and uh, had to do all dad's work of, and I'd be like, man, why the heck do I got to do this? Taking me a whole weekend and, and y'all right. just relaxing and I don't see you out here helping. And, and uh, but you know, it's like, okay, just got to figure out how to handle through this, grind through it. And uh as much as it was annoying as heck, it did teach me how to handle difficult situations and be able to, like, just imagine you got blisters all over your hands, but you still got work to do. And you're like, all right, I, exactly. I, can, I can stop, but then the job don't get done and it's going to get worse over time. Or I can figure out a way how to handle the, the blister thing and still get the work done. That's how my dad was, too. You know, like he was like any like when I used to be sick in school, he'd like give me a little pep talk <laughs> about what this about what this takes to push through this sickness and still go to school anyway. You know what I'm saying? And my mom would be like, leave him alone. He's sick. Gosh, <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. I can relate in some ways. Yep. Yep. Yo, one time my dad, I broke my wrist or fractured my wrist and I came home. And she wasn't home. And so I came home and I'm like, yo, it really, really hurts. My dad took um, <laughs> a, 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 a magazine tabloid and wrapped it around, put a stick in it and, and braced up my arm. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and then when she got home, she was like, what the hell? Yeah. 
Uh huh. Of course, of course, she took me to the, you know, to the doctor, got a cast or whatever the case is. But you know, like definitely, like I sometimes this doesn't work very well because it, it does make us in some ways want to mull through a wall sometimes unnecessarily and just keep going with a lot of things. But it it has its purpose. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You know, like that idea of like you're going to die if you get in trouble or something like that or, you know, with your parents or with your father in particular, because my father was the enforcer, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's needed, bro. I, I love it. Uh, I, I When I think back on it, um, you know, sometimes I think parents don't think back on these things often enough, you know, so I, as I, as my children get older, you know, I'm sure that I'm going to emulate some of that to put them through some things during these ages, you know, but I, I, hopefully I, I get a nice little system that helps for the boy and the girls, you know, type of thing. Yeah, no, I, I could, you, you definitely do the work. So I know that it will, it will come. So question to ask is then, say for the men who are listening who are going just breaking up why is it important to take a break why is it really and, and i say that because i always for some weird reason i'm when you were talking about this we were just getting you know about the, to the points of taking breaks and, and focusing on you i was thinking about my time every time i had a breakup and i was always like man i, I actually spent like five six months alone nothing i should now i look back i should have probably took an even longer time but um it was always like five six months it was always interesting why is it? You know, critically- I, okay. I, I think that's funny because like it was the same with me. Every time I had a break, I just took a few months off anyways. But what were you saying? Why is it? What? I was going to say, why is it critical for men to take a break and focus on themselves? You know, I really think that there are some um, conditions that make it more critical for some. And what I've, what I've um, in my work, you know, since releasing the book, I, I coach extensively with men and, um, you know, I try to approach it from a metaphysical perspective, even though a lot of people just need somebody to talk to. But I, I noticed that if a man has literally bypassed more than the majority of his young pre-teenage age, ages, like he's bypassed any personal development during that stage and literally went straight to relationships. So let's say, for example, like, you know, when I got to a certain age, I moved and back to live with my mom simply because I wanted the freedom from my dad. And I knew that was the only thing that I could possibly win on because my dad was such a firm person. And, um, you know, like if you, at four could be because what I what I what I want to reference is that I remember when I wanted to get into girls and have a girlfriend and all this type of stuff, I felt like damn, like I can't do this so easily. I got these people watching me, you know, like how you know, like my mom's every time somebody likes me, they're involved. It was just so much that you know, I felt like all of the 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 parental stuff, but you know, little did I know that that you know that's quite healthy, but nonetheless, you know. If you parented well, generally speaking, where your parents are putting in a system for you, because if it's not a rites of passage, sometimes for others, it's like preparing you to go to college. So I had this intense college preparation stuff starting at around 14, right? And, um, 
you know, some kind of preparation. And for the most part, it's going to keep away the girls. They're, you're going to like them when you see them. You're probably going to get involved in activities at school so that way you can spend more time with them or whatever the case is to learn how to do that. But for the most part, when you're under um, a program being developed to a certain degree, you're not going to have that much time for girls or, uh, until you get to a certain age where just where you can make time. So I find that when men haven't really ever had any of dedication process from a young age, hasn't really spent that much, even if he was in school, even if he went to college, college can easily be half work, schoolwork, half and half girls, or have schoolwork, a, a great proportion of work to make money, and, and another proportion of girls. Like, for some reason, the way the culture is set up is we make time for women. And so when a boy has really or a man has really made more time for women than anything else, I feel like the break becomes more necessary, more, you know, important if, if because literally you're, you're at the brink of really never having spent any time alone whatsoever. Not a five. And, and you know, like you, you said, you take a five months, five to six month break after a relationship, but it's not the same sometimes, in my opinion, as the break that I advocate for in my book, because it's 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 to the level where you got to give mom a break. You know, you're not texting and calling anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, you're going to talk to your sister. And you're going to talk to your mom every so often, but you're not taking advice from them. You're not asking them for shit. You know, you're really just minimizing the outer feminine so that way you can develop the inner feminine to keep you comfortable during these times when you're alone, you know, developing different methodologies to tap into your feminine if that's what you need. But, you know, the, the, the pillow talking that we often end up doing with women when we need to be focused on ourselves or having conversations like these as men, finding other men to support you in the process, you know, versus, you know, women, because women are just like mom when you're young, they're going to comfort and coddle you if they can. And for some men, for most men who haven't had a, a dedicated time to develop discipline to, to move his, the needle in his life whenever he needs to, that coddling is going to hold him back. So that break for me becomes very crucial to your life if you just never had it before. If you were raised by your mom, if you, um, you know, we're always looking for the approval of women. If you want to make money, if you want to be seen by women, if you have an insatiable desire for these kind of validation needs, then it becomes even more important for you to take that break, learn how to listen to your intuition. Like I said in the book, really just focus on yourself, become comfortable, understand your inner feminine, have some wine, have drink a beer, cook some food, dance, you know, like learn how to tap in on your own. So that way, you know, you can stay focused on what you need to focus on because that's where the masculine energy will grow within you. And, and a lot of men who didn't have fathers or great role models, your masculine essence will grow during this break because you're not taking shit from anyone, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not like you're being mean or being an a-hole. It's just literally everybody's on pause while I'm focusing on me and I'm going to take everything seriously. I'm going to stop denying that not having a father wasn't a problem to me. I'm going to stop, you know, I'm going to stop normalizing my traumas. Like it's okay. It's not okay. Some of us have been through things that based on our nervous system, it's not okay. We don't receive it very well. And, and then, you know, what we think is that we should 
slowly warm up to women and, and reveal these things to them. When you have a problem revealing themselves to you to yourself, you have a problem just thinking about it. You look for escape tactics like movies and, 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 and music to get away from actually dealing with it. So like when you find yourself in this, this kind of position, you need that break. You need that break. And of course, I didn't even mention, you know, the, the serial dysfunctional relationships that many men who need a break are often in. They're always ending the same way. She cheated, you cheated, she lied, you lied, blah, 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 same story. Yes, you need a damn break. <laughs> I love the way you explain it that way, man. It, it just makes so much uh, sense in so many ways. And it's really just trying to get you to be more balanced between the, the masculine and the feminine in a sense. And from what I'm hearing, uh, is that sound, does that sound pretty much, is that correct? That's absolutely correct, bro. I do believe that the, the masculine within itself, um, it grows in solitude as well as in the presence of other men, you know? So totally. it, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's the reason why they did this stuff, bro. <laughs> that they did this to us they, like we have to trust the systems of old because quite frankly everything that's been implemented in the last hundred years you know we we there's so many holes in it that even an idiot can see you know but we still follow suit anyways because of the deep conditioning that we have and um you know i really do believe that this is critical to the building the effective building of and protection of any nation if you do not have boys who become men and, and understand their purpose and their role in this world or in their community, you know, then you're good. You're not going to have a nation. You're not. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's like in one of my trainings, I'm a, I'm a pediatric uh, certified pediatric Cairo. And my mentor, when I was taking my prenatal work, um, she would say, she'll talk about birthing with women. She's a big advocate for women and in, in getting rid of the fear and birth. But she would tell, she would say the only way, and she's like, I'm sorry. And most of the, most of the people in the, the crowd, they're all chiropractors, but majority were like 60%, 70%, 80% are women. And she's like, unfortunately, since I'm in a room mostly full of women, she's like, I want to just let you know that this will only change when the men start to protect the cave, when the men step up and protect, because back in the day, that's what they did. And she goes, in today's world, men are not doing that. They're not equipped to, they're not taught to, they're not shown how to protect their women when it comes to birth, and when she says protection, she means protection from um, the the hospital setting, uh, because they're just like they take over, and this is how it's done, and this is the end of it. And it's one of those things where um, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here, but it was all about protection in the men. But coming from that masculinity standpoint, and be able to step back into their power, men's power to be that that masculine side. Um, I agree. It, it, it's vital. It's vital for us. Um, there's a whole, you know, would you, would you, I know you're in the metaphysical, so I'd love to ask this question then. Do you believe there is a new man showing up in the world? Uh, there's a new balanced man. I call it more balanced. Um, uh, some people say it's more feminine. Uh, the femininity of men are starting to come out more uh, to balance us in a way. Do you think you, are you seeing that? Do you feel that? Yes, I, you know, metaphysically speaking, you know, some would say the ages are changing, but we've been in a feminine era, you know, age of Pisces, essentially. And um, you'd be quite surprised that I honestly feel as if um, due to that, I, I feel like men have 
at least for the last hundred years, because I'm not that good at going further back because of the information, but we have been highly attuned with our feminine essence. And a lot of the, the traumas and the acting out or the overpowering aspects that men have displayed in what you would consider to be oppressive to women are in some ways, you know, indicative of our feminine being hurt. You know what I mean? And, and, and us really overreacting. Other than that, I, I, I actually believe that man, as we know, man has always been quite compassionate and in touch with his feminine and, and has had that really, that, 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 that trait within us that some women have always known to be a godly aspect of man and masculinity when he's in touch with both. So I feel as if um, what has happened in the last 50 to 60 years with the hyper masculine effect, it's, it's really adding um, context to what masculinity is and just really it's, it's feminine in its essence. A lot of what, what we consider to be quote unquote toxic max masculinity is, is a man who is, is, is a little bit too in his yin because we think that, you know, aggression is masculine and, and it's really, or, or, you know, the way that men dysfunction, we, we think that, that that's, that's masculine. It's really not the masculine is, is under composure. And, but we consider that to be a man in touch with his feminine. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, I get what you're saying in the sense of this is an age of uh, men who are more in touch with their feminine, but I feel as if we've always been like that. I feel like it's just been a scramble that's been thrown on us for the last 50, 60, 70, I call it a hundred years or so. And, and then that was literally for our, um, our labor, you know, once the steel mining and, and industry, coal mining industries came about, and then it became a bigger picture on how the nation would be, you know, some people had that ideals and they needed us to work. And we were forced to work in those coal mines, um, um, steel mines, and later oil mines and fields. And our labor was harbored, so to speak, energetically. So we, we went to work for others. And that really emasculated us to the point where the, the transgenerational effect, you know, is, you can look at it and see, like we work for a wage and, and <laughs> we're, we're slaves to a certain degree. And, and, and also speaking to what you said earlier about the protection of the women to a certain degree, you know, one of the things that I, I, that I write about is that work is, is is a part of that like work is a part of the lack of protection listen you're gone now for eight to ten hours what the hell kind of protection is that (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that's that's we don't think like this but this is what has happened you know you're going to work for monetary effect to support the same system that really is already turned on you long time ago. Um, but they created a buffer system. And of course, now I'm speaking in code <laughs> that, that they abused one set of people and it wasn't going to happen to you, but you were being abused too. And, and, and so it's like, it, 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 that's, that's the byproduct of this really. And truly, you know, your masculinity has already been taken away in, in certain aspects. And when you do get in touch with yourself, 
you you want freedom and freedom looks like solitude being uh, the ability to be by yourself and the freedom also looks like you know you congregating or being around other men who you know who are no and no one's trying to control you so i feel as if we were always balanced we we just you know like the climate or the different energy the, the the yeah the climate of where men are coming up and how men are coming up you know if you're in a culture of war then you're going to be more aggressive but it doesn't mean that you know you know look how many of these guys who've gone on to war and who came back permanently disturbed because their feminine was crashed by by all that killing and all that stuff that that they went to that they went through you get what i'm saying so it's like it's 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 proof that we've always been quite balanced but you know the the way that our society has been constructed it really does emasculate us and where we have the most power when we're emasculated is still going to be over women because you're still going to be bigger and stronger than her 80% of the time. So, you know, like it's, it, it's really complex, but real simple boiling down to, you know, man is off kiltered. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the, the things that are in our foods to, to make us more yin and, um, you know, estrogenic compounds that affect our hormones and, and, and women's hormones as well. Like, you know, we, we've got a serious problem with masculinity uh, almost on the endocrine level or the biological level as well too so we got work to do brother i can talk to you all day i love your your insights and your wisdom and so much more um how can people find you follow you get your book all that good stuff well my book is definitely available on um amazon and you know check it out and and get it for some young men i actually do have a a second edition coming out which i believe is a a lot it's a lot more refined it's, it's demonstrated my growth over the last 6 years since its release and um uh, so that'll be coming out soon as well as an audiobook edition and you can find me at heartonbreak.com um, heartonbreak of course is the name of the book and um i do a lot of coaching i do metaphysical coaching you know based on your birth data you can find sessions there and i'm on instagram pretty and facebook at i am nakata at hi i am nakata on instagram that is so you know I, I'm, I'm enjoying this process i'm enjoying helping people you know i have a men's wellness group for tea boosting herbs that helps your sexual drive and helps you manage dopamine levels so like i said i i was a health coach before so i've incorporated that into my work and even in my book i i, I talk about our ability to really take care of ourselves from a from a biological perspective eating right and training right and various other things so this whole holistic work for men guaranteed to really help you, you know, reposition yourself because I do believe that you should focus on your life's purpose and love will come. You just, it won't, you won't have the forces, you know, call, consider purpose, the masculine and consider love, the feminine. Like once you are grounded in the masculine, simply because you are a man, you have to be grounded in that, in that position, just like a woman, no matter how masculine she is, she has to be grounded in her feminine because she's, she's a female. So like, this is important for us. And this is important for our young men, you know, and this is what I like when people tell me that, you know, they give their books to their 16 year olds and what have you, but they're like, yo, you know, it's real. Like he, he's already trying to have girlfriends. <laughs> well, you know, parent, that's on you. So yeah, man, um, reach me there. And of course, heart break at Gmail for any inquiries or e- is my email address. I love doing the work and it was a pleasure being on with you, Victor. 
Thank you, my friend, for all the listeners. This will be in the show notes. Keep up the great work, man. I'm looking forward to uh, catching a read on your book and uh, keep watching and seeing all the great work you're doing. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. In manufacturing, you need to automate intelligently to compete effectively, but not all automation solutions are created equally. AGVs and AMRs driven by Bluebotics Ant technology offer robust, accurate performance and native interoperability because your material handling can be smarter. Visit antdriven.com. That's antdriven.com to learn more. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.